Hey folks, this is John Lawrence with Anesthesia Guidebook. Dr. Paul Samuels joins me today to talk about mobile dental anesthesia, specifically with pediatric patients in an outpatient setting. Dr. Samuels is a pediatric physician anesthesiologist who works with SmileMD to provide mobile anesthesia for dental offices. We talk about the unique characteristics of working in a mobile anesthesia setting for pediatric dental cases. We're going to cover a lot in this podcast, things like the skills required to practice as an anesthesia provider in a mobile pediatric setting, preoperative screening for patients, which is, of course, of paramount importance, other topics related to patient safety during anesthesia in dental offices, including the prevention and management of emergencies in mobile anesthesia, who makes up the anesthesia care team, specifically with SmileMD, how medications are handled, typical anesthesia plans, including mask induction, IV placement, and airway management, conflict management, and other challenges that are unique to working in an unfamiliar setting like someone else's dental office, how documentation and billing is managed, and of course, the benefit of mobile anesthesia services for pediatric patients and outpatient dentists. You can hear clearly the overwhelming enthusiasm that Dr. Samuels has for caring for healthy pediatric patients in an outpatient dental setting. His years of experience as a pediatric physician anesthesiologist in a large tertiary care center not only gives him a wealth of experience to bring to an outpatient setting, but also sets him up for a really enjoyable day taking care of healthy kids for dental procedures. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about SmileMD. They are a mobile anesthesia service currently operating at dental offices in Ohio, Illinois, and Kentucky. You can learn more about SmileMD through their website, which is linked in the show notes to this podcast. They did reach out to me with the invitation to connect with Dr. Samuels to conduct this interview on mobile anesthesia. However, no financial exchange was made between SmileMD and Anesthesia Guidebook or myself as part of the development of this podcast. And with that, let's get to the show. All right. Well, Paul Samuels, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. John, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, let's start off and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, well, uh, I am an anesthesiologist who started working uh, recently with, uh, with Smile MD. Um, I had previously worked uh, in a, a large pediatric anesthesia practice that was uh, academic in nature and uh, was looking for uh, a new adventure and have been, as I said, with Smile fairly recently and uh, uh, have really been enjoying my work with them. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, so your background is in pediatric anesthesia. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, when and how did you link up with SmileMD to provide mobile anesthesia services? Well, as I as I said, I was sort of looking for uh, for a new adventure. I had uh, given up uh, a major uh, administrative role with uh, within my department, uh, and was looking around for uh, something uh, something a little bit different to to, to do. Um, I sadly am the kind of person who gets sick on roller coasters, so I figured the the space program was out of the, 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 the out of the question for me, uh, but uh, I started looking around to see what kind of um, allied spaces there were in anesthesia, um, and learned fairly quickly that there was this uh, this growing and very robust space that was developing around the uh, the area of, of office based uh, anesthesia for children uh, in dental offices, and started looking into that um, fairly extensively. Um, there uh, were 
folks that uh, I knew through friends who um, were in that space, and one thing led to the to the next, and uh, I started speaking with Smile, and you know, four months later, here I am working with them. Oh, that's great. So relatively new to the team then at SmileMD. So wa- sure. wa- walk us through how the process works. So what kind of dental offices? Is this all in dental offices? Are there outpatient surgery centers? Who are, who are looking for these services? Uh, these are these are true dental offices. Uh, so these uh, these tend to be offices that um, do uh, a lot of kids. Uh, you know, maybe they are even purely pediatric dental offices. Um, before uh, before we show up, uh, the uh, the company goes out to make sure that the logistics of the space are appropriate. Meaning, we need to have enough room to safely provide an anesthetic. We need to have uh, space to uh, safely uh, recover the child. Um, And so all of those things are taken into consideration, but you're basically walking into uh, a freestanding dentist's office uh, where you've got an anesthesia machine and all of your monitoring, um, and there's a space that uh, that you do your thing. Uh, Very similar to the kinds of work that one would do in a, a in a freestanding hospital, um, it's just the you know the space is is laid out a little bit differently, and you need to be able to accommodate that. That's very interesting. So tell us a little bit more about like how the arrangements are set up. So Smile Indeed, this you know members from the company go out, they evaluate the site. Do they set up these anesthesia machines? Are you taking all of the gear with you? Uh, Tell us a little bit about the physical space and, and what kind of equipment you're working with. Yeah, it's actually been uh, really kind of a pleasure. The you know normally, uh, you know we we do a lot of work where there's uh, an anesthesia team uh, with uh, a recovery room nurse who you know is is clearly part of that in a freestanding hospital. Uh, with Smile MD, you basically are a team that's made up of uh, yourself, the anesthesiologist, a paramedic, uh, and a recovery room nurse. And the paramedic comes in uh, a little bit before you do, um, and they set up uh, your anesthesia machine. It's it's really a, a very small uh, machine that weighs uh, about 50 pounds, but um, it's got fresh gas flows on it and a uh, a vaporizer, just like you would use in a in a regular operating room, um, and. Um, all of that stuff is set up in anticipation of your spending uh, the day there. That's really interesting. So the anesthesia team is like a, a registered nurse with some PACU experience and then a uh, physician anesthesiologist and then a paramedic. Is that correct? That's that's correct. There there are some dental anesthesiologists who uh, who do this as well, uh, but I think the you know the the model was really developed around this idea that you know we're going into a uh, an environment where you know you're kind of on your own. You you are going to need to to deal with all of the issues uh, that come up, um, and um, you need to have a really a, a highly functioning team um, with appropriate backgrounds to be able to manage any of those things that you know could potentially happen uh, in a clinical environment. So uh, you know it's it's comforting to know um, that you know it, it's not only sort of you and your training, but you know you also have uh, appropriately trained folks uh, around you. Uh, just 
so that, you know, when and if uh, a safety issue comes up, uh, you know, you've got folks who are experienced in managing those things. Yeah, that's uh, obviously that's a key piece of safety. So uh, it's really interesting. Uh, um, tell me a little bit more. I, I'm not as familiar with dental anesthesiologists. So can you tell me about their background? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, John, because before I got started in this job, I was in exactly the same boat where I had never really worked with a dental anesthesiologist before. Um, essentially, if you're a dentist and you're finishing up dental school, there's an opportunity for you to enter a three-year program where you learn to become uh, an anesthesiologist who specializes uh, specifically in dental and maxillofacial procedures. Um, there are uh, a bunch of programs around the country. I know there's one uh, at Ohio State. Uh, there's one, I believe, in Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, they're, they're fairly small programs, uh, but they really are specifically designed to train someone who has a dental background but is interested in working in this dental anesthesia space. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I've definitely not heard about the schooling. So it, it is specific to dental procedures in terms of what their training focuses on. Uh, it definitely is focused on that. I should say that, you know, there's also, you know, a board certification process through, you know, through that group as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's fairly robust, but, you know, like yourself, it was sort of a new thing for me as well. Yeah, for sure. And does SmileMD currently utilize CRNAs in any capacity? Uh, at the present time, they do not. Okay. Okay. So just a team of registered nurses, the dental and physician anesthesiologists, and then uh, the paramedics I, I saw on the website are kind of in this role of anesthesia coordinators. So they're assisting in the setup and in uh, kind of support of the whole operation. Uh, that's exactly right. So, you know, then, and it's interesting because um, like dental anesthesiologists, I had never worked really very closely with the paramedic yeah. uh, in the past other than sort of, you know, giving them um, some training in uh, in pediatric airway management. Right. Um, but they're, they're super enthusiastic and they are um, really very, very good at kind of working in these, um, these kind of quirky environments that, you know, that are not sort of perfectly laid out like a, like an operating room. Um, they're, they're very knowledgeable about sort of the logistics of, of bringing the, all of the anesthesia material in and getting things set up. Um, the, the same can be said for the, uh, the anesthesia machine that you're using. Um, and, uh, they've really been a pleasure to, to work with. They're, they're knowledgeable, they're fun, they're super enthusiastic. Um, and, um, they're, uh, incredibly interested, uh, in learning about the, the process that this team is now involved in. Well, yeah, I would imagine I've got a, a very short background in emergency medicine myself working just as an EMT basic way back in the day. But I would imagine that for paramedics, this is a really interesting opportunity. It gets them off of an ambulance and into you know more of a controlled setting, but they can bring all those skills that they've got from a pre-hospital setting into an area where they're uh, applicable. Yeah, uh, you know, and there's no doubt that you know being a being a paramedic is a, a pretty grueling job. Um, you know, you can just imagine sort of all of the crazy things that you know that these guys uh, encounter in their uh, in their daily lives. You know, working with a with an ambulance crew, and I think it uh, really is just uh, refreshing for them to be able to to kind of do their thing in a, a somewhat more controlled environment like a dentist's office. 
Yeah, that's that's uh, definitely I think probably a perk for them. So, uh, well, very interesting. So, where where is the scope for SmileMD? Where do they operate? Uh, at the present time, um, there's a lot of work in Ohio. Uh, they're in Illinois. Um, they're in Kentucky. Um, and uh, they're sort of looking to to expand uh, the map um, as we speak. Um, so, but those are the places that uh, that they are mostly working at the present time. Yeah, and do most of their providers work full time for them, or are, is this something that anesthesia providers find as kind of a, a part time gig that they can fill in their work schedule with? Yeah, actually, there are a small number of folks who who do do this full time, uh, but the vast majority of people who you know work a day here, a day there, it's extremely, extremely flexible work. So you know, if you uh, have you know a couple of days uh, that um, that you can give them, um, there's an opportunity to to take your skills and uh, to to do work in with children who you know, really need the care um, in. Uh, a way that um, uh, is incredibly flexible for you. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of folks who um, just work, work from time to time. There are other folks who work on a more regular basis. And then, as I said, there's this small group that, uh, that does work on a full-time basis for them as well. Yeah. So with this being kind of a sporadic uh, work environment for a lot of providers, let's talk a little bit more about the logistics. So if someone's going to pick up a shift and go, you know, work for a day for SmileMD. I mean, how, how are the medications and supplies managed? Is that through the anesthesia coordinator, this paramedic, or they're bringing in and setting everything up from the anesthesia provider standpoint? Uh, you know, how are they getting access to medications and supplies? Yeah, it's uh, it's exactly as you described, where the the paramedic you know brings in uh, small kits that have your uh, your medication armamentarium uh, inside of them. Uh, you know, I sometimes uh, I think of anesthesia as thirty drugs and a thousand tricks. When you open up that that drawer, you know you've got yeah. this huge armamentarium of medications, right? That is not the case when you're working in a dental office. You have um, you have sort of a small group of um, of critical medications, uh, but we don't carry narcotics. This is you know so the, so all of the uh, sort of issues surrounding um, transporting narcotics is a non-issue in this space, um, and the 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 Paramedics um, have a, a system in place where they're tabulating all of the, the medications that you're using um, for bookkeeping purposes. Um, so the the process itself is actually like incredibly straightforward and really easy for the for the physician who who comes in and you know maybe they haven't worked in this particular office before, but you know they certainly uh, after having worked a couple of times with Smile sort of understand you know exactly the logistics of the process itself and, um, uh, and how to make it work. Yeah. And do the anesthesia providers have complete autonomy over the anesthesia plans or is there's kind of, or is there kind of a, a protocol or, or normative approach to these plans given the restriction on some of the medications that you're utilizing? Yeah, the, the what has really been super refreshing for for me is just how much autonomy I have. Um, the uh, you know when kids come in, um, you know you're you're sort of their primary uh, caretaker, um, and uh, you can you, you work out kind of exactly what's going to happen with uh, with the dentist. Now I should say that you know there there are. 
there are sort of two major approaches to doing dental work that are out there. One is uh, sometimes referred to as open airway anesthesia, where basically you don't have an endotracheal tube in place. It tends to be an intravenous anesthetic. Um, and that is in contradistinction to controlling the airway with an endotracheal tube. Um, I should say that the service that, that we provide is not open airway. It really is... Um, uh, placing uh, a nasal endotracheal tube um, and making sure that you've just got this super, super secure airway um, so that the dentist can get all of the work done that they need to get done, you know, without you having to sweat the the possibility that, you know, the airway could obstruct in the middle of the case or something like that. Yeah, it's great. Uh, thanks for clarifying that. So, so with routine approaches, including nasal intubation to control the airway, uh, let me ask you specifically, are, are succinylcholine and volatile anesthetics as part of the anesthesia plan? And then obviously, if so, uh, is there a plan in place for managing malignant hyperthermia in these settings? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, there is succinyl choline that's available. Um, it's, uh, I've never used it in this setting, um, but it's certainly comforting to know that it's there just in case there's a laryngospasm or something like that. Um, and uh, we do bring dantrolene to, uh, to every anesthetizing site. Um, so, you know, the, the, typical, the typical anesthetic, at least in my hands, would be uh, a sevoflurane induction with sevoflurane maintenance. Um, I use uh, uh, Ketorolac um, for uh, for postoperative discomfort, uh, but I'm certainly not using any muscle relaxants or anything like that. Um, so the you know there there is this ever present um, potential for uh, malignant hyperthermia, um, and we're prepared to manage it on site uh, if needed. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Um, so very interesting. So. A, a little bit more about the mechanics with your anesthesia team. You're doing a, I would assume, a mask induction for pediatric airway management. What you're, what you're headed towards, obviously, is a nasal intubation. So, uh, is the paramedic or the nurse assisting you during that time, or are you doing the mask induction and starting your own IV? Uh, walk us through that process a little bit. Yeah. So the the child comes in after you've done your complete uh, history and physical. Uh, generally, they're brought in by the the paramedic. Uh, we um, we're happy to um, to have the parent participate in that induction process. So the child is laying down uh, on a uh, on the bed with their parent right next to them. Um, you do a mask induction. The paramedic is uh, is with you uh, the whole way um, in case um, they're needed in uh, in any way. Um, the IV will either be started by myself. Um, after the child goes to sleep or by the paramedic, uh, and then we'll, we'll proceed with, uh, uh, with our anesthesia. Yeah. Great. Great. Talk to me a little bit about the screening for patients. I mean, you're going into, you know, dental offices. So do you have the opportunity or is it just kind of understood with the dental offices? What kind of patients are appropriate for that setting? And, and, yeah, by, and by, ha by having the opportunity, I mean, do you have the opportunity to, to screen them ahead of time or is that just kind of an understood process with the dentist? Yeah, super, super important question because, you know, I mean, I should say that, you know, my entire career um, has been based on doing everything that I can to ensure maximal patient safety. Uh, and, um, you know, I am completely unwilling to compromise in that regard uh even though I'm working in a, a dentist's office. So sort of the way that things work work there is the the child is 
is screened first by the the dentists, and I think the you know the dentists are are, are pretty good at, at being able to determine sort of you know who their most fragile children are. But then there's another process that Smile MD goes through, where you know they go through history and physical um, prior anesthetics, any family history of problems with anesthesia, things like that, um, you know, to try to determine whether or not um, this is a, a child that's appropriate. Because you know, as you can imagine the devil's in the details, right? I mean, you've got, let's say, 5 or 10% of the pediatric population that has uh, a past medical history of asthma, but, you know, there are some asthmatics who have never been to the emergency room and they just take, you know, they just take a nebulizer when the seasons change. And then there are other asthmatics who, um, you know, have been to the intensive care unit multiple times and, you know, are super, super sick, right? And the the former is probably an appropriate candidate for an office-based uh, anesthetic. The latter is clearly not. So you need to be able to go through and kind of get those kinds of details taken care of. Um, you know, and, and from time to time, there are things that happen where the screener through Smile may have some questions. And when they do, they call me up and they say, hey, Paul, you know, this is sort of what's going on. What do you think? And, you know, there are some kids that I say, this is a, a kid that should be done in a hospital, um, and that's that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, or, or you know, it might be a kid who would be an appropriate child for an office space setting, and you can move forward from there. And so, someone from Smile MD is screening all of these patients ahead of time. That is exactly right. And so, you have the opportunity, obviously, to to see them and to do a pre anesthetic assessment the day of their dental procedure. Exactly right. So, you know, the, the, I mean, the vast, vast majority of these kids are, you know, these beautiful, completely healthy kids. And, right. you know, for anyone, for anyone who works, you know, who spends any time in a, in a pediatric hospital, it's like, you almost forget that there are kids like that in the world. Oh right? yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, it's just like the, 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 the intensity of uh, of the illness that you see in a in a, a pediatric hospital is just astonishing. So anyhow, um, every single child is screened by Smile in advance, and then of course you do your 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 history and your physical, sort of going through all of those things one more time just to double check and to make sure that they're just as you know the perfect kid that you think that they are um, before proceeding in any way. And you feel like the the pace in these dental offices is pretty appropriate for being able to do that the day of. I'm sure the, the pre-screening with Smile certainly helps that process. Oh my goodness, John, it is, it's such a pleasure working in these offices because, you know, it's sort of, um, you know, the kids are just a delight. The, the dentists are incredibly thankful to, to have someone, uh, like, like you to assist in, uh, in providing care. Um, the, you know, you're, t you're taking care of one child at a time. Um, and, uh, the pace is, um, uh, is a, an absolute pleasure. Um, so, you know, for, for anyone who, you know, sort of used to working in a, a super busy, um, tertiary care hospital, um, you know, they'll say, wow, like this, this pace is, is really a joy because it is. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a pretty enjoyable place to work. I mean, would you, what, what do you think are the sources of stress? I mean, there's always the possibility that something could go wrong, obviously with any anesthetic, but it sounds like you're working with a pretty healthy population of uh, pediatric patients. So, I mean, do, do you find there's routine sources of stress in working in this environment? There, there are definitely 
sources of stress. You know, anytime you do this kind of work, you know, we all recognize that there are risks involved and you, you need to do everything you can to, to mitigate those risks. Um, you know, for me personally, sort of my first stress is where is this place and how do you get into this building? Right. And, you know, it's it's dark and it's six o'clock in the morning and, you know, there's there's just sort of like that part of it. But really, I think the, the stress for most people is, is number one, you're working in a different kind of an environment. You know, we walk into an operating room and I've been in operating rooms in the United States and I've been in operating rooms in China and Tanzania and, you know, people might be speaking a different language, but they look exactly the same. Whereas, you know, in a dental office, it is highly variable. And so that new environment can be a challenge. Um, You're working with new people. Um, you know, your team, you may have worked with at other times, but, you know, maybe you don't know this dentist or maybe, you know, you, you don't know their, um, their staff. And so I think that can be, uh, that can be a challenge for people. Um, some of the rooms, um, can be smaller than others. And so you need to sort of think about the logistics of how am I going to utilize this space, uh, in a safe and efficient fashion. Um, you know, and then I would say for, you know, for some people, um, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get used to sort of the, the hardware part of the job, meaning that, you know, the anesthesia machine that you're using is not the same anesthesia machine that you're, you know, that you use in a, in a hospital environment. The monitor might be different. How do you operate the monitor? How do you, how do you, uh, how do you check um, the, the the anesthesia machine? Things like that. So I think those um, you know those things can be uh, can be stressful, but I think that um, they certainly can be manageable. Yeah, that's those are great points. How frequently are you going to brand new dental sites, or does SmileMD try to get the same anesthesia providers going to the same sites? The, the they do their very best to try to get the same people to the same sites. I think from the dentist's perspective, they definitely appreciate uh, some familiarity, um, which I totally understand. You know, and and it's it's nice to, to be able to to walk into a uh, to a dental practice and people are like, hey, Paul, and you know, and I know them as well, and you know, the, the familiarity. Um, um, can be a very, very comforting thing. Um, so I think they, they certainly do try to do that. Um, I, I will from time to time go to uh, a new office, but that does not happen very frequently. Yeah. Yeah. So you're part of this team that's coming in, you, you're bringing in your own kind of PACU nurse, this, uh, paramedic that serves as an anesthesia coordinator in yourself. So you're, you're showing up as a team kind of into someone else's domain. Are there sources of conflict that, that have popped up? And, and if so, how have those been managed with SmileMD? You know, it's interesting, John. I have found that it has just been such a collegial environment mm-hmm. that, um, that you know, do, do I have any question that there is conflict out there from time to time? Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, but I, I haven't really been a part of that to date. Yeah. Um, you know, as I said, uh, you know, when I think when, you, when you're a dentist who takes care of children, you're so thankful to have uh, a child under anesthesia that, um, you know, that just creates uh, really a, a great environment for people to, uh, to work in. 
And, you know, what I have found is that, um, you know, with sort of that super, super safety in mind, if there's something going on in an office where, you know, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with the logistics of this or, you know, this kid isn't quite right or what have you, um, I have found that the dentists have been incredibly receptive to that conversation. Um, And, you know, if there's something going on where, you know, I'm just thinking, I don't think that this is in the best interest of the child, um, they say, okay, like you tell us how you want to manage things and that's what we're going to do. So, you know, the, 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 the conflict has been, um, really minimal, um, and to date pretty easily managed. Yeah. And I imagine that folks, anesthesia providers who are going into this line of work, I mean, you're, you're going to probably understand the idea of being service oriented. I mean, you're providing a service on a contractual basis to dentists. So you're probably looking for ways, you know, I would imagine providers who are in, in that line of work are pretty collegial, uh, easy to get along with, and you're looking to have a nice day. So, uh, I, would yeah, imagine I, I think, go ahead. I think you, you sort of, you sort of hit the, the nail on the head. I mean, you know, we've all, we've all in medicine sort of worked with some people who, are kind of tough personalities, um, you know, super, super rigid. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, they're just not so good at dealing with people. Um, I think the, 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 the folks who I think gravitate towards this work tend to be sort of on the other extreme. Um, I think the, the, the characteristics that I think really sort of help in this setting are, um, first and foremost, you've got to be super comfortable with children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a keep in mind that you know kids that are getting a dental anesthetic are already kids that have failed in the dental chair, meaning right. that they've tried to get this work done without you, and it just hasn't worked. So you know, the kids come in, and you know, they they sort of know what they know what's coming. They know they've had sort of a suboptimal experience in the past, and you know, they can be pretty jacked up um, before you even get started. So I think having really good pediatric skills, I think, is uh, is paramount. And then in addition to that, it certainly helps to be super flexible. Um, I think you've got to have very sharp clinical skills um, in in this kind of an environment where, you know, as we've been talking about from the beginning, it's sort of, you know, it's you and your team. And, and if things come up, you're going to need to be able to, to manage them. Um, I think uh, you've got to have a capacity to really pay attention attention to detail. Um, The little things matter. They matter all the time in pediatric anesthesia anyway, which is why it's such a a joy for us who who do that for a living. But I think in that particular environment, it's especially important. And then lastly, you've got to have some people skills. You've got to be able to to work with people and to sort of communicate with them clearly, make sure that you understand kind of what their optics are, what your optics are. Um, And I think if you can sort of pull all of those characteristics sticks together um, and, uh, you know, you enjoy that kind of work, um, it can really be a super, super fun and interesting thing to do. Yeah, it, it certainly sounds that way. I want to go back to something you said, you know, the, these are obviously patients who have failed hanging out in the dental chair on their own. That's why mm-hmm. they're getting anesthesia. So obviously common in outpatient settings for anesthesia is the idea of pre-medication. You've already said that you don't use narcotics as part of your anesthesia plan. Are you using things like midazolam or other pre-medication there, there is no premedication that uh, that I've been giving. 
Um, the uh, the only premedication is a soothing voice and walking a kid through uh, through the process and um, having their their parent involved and um, that uh, to date has been uh, has been highly effective. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, as we're as we're talking about this, because um, you know, certainly in um, in a hospital environment, you know, kids come in and um, you know they can they can be pretty they can be pretty wild. Um, and you know, it, it, the, one of the one of the the real advantages of this office based practice is that this is an environment that the kid knows, the parents know. The anxiety level is lower. They didn't have to hassle to to park their car or to figure out where same day surgery is or what have you. And I do wonder a little bit if you know maybe just that familiarity just kind of takes the edge down a couple of notches. And um, kids, while you know they may be anxious, you know they don't have that same level of anxiety that you might see in a more formal hospital environment. I think that's a great point. I mean the the. Uh, dentists that I have worked with certainly would prefer to be able to do their procedures in their own offices. They're usually set up to be a little bit more welcoming and accommodating, I think, of of patients of all ages uh, than even, you know, I mean, outpatient surgery centers kind of have that same idea. But, you know, anytime you're going into a bigger facility, there's probably an inherent anxiety for pediatrics just with all the hustle and bustle. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is definitely true. And I think that, um, you know, if you can provide that same level of care and level of safety in an alternative environment, I think that, you know, that's certainly something that uh, that should be considered. And it's been, um, it really has been, I think, a, a very good experience for these families that come in. Um, you know, they've got kids who who have these dental needs that you know, that, that really need to be addressed fairly quickly. You can just imagine sort of, you know, kids walking around with, you know, with the super short teeth and, you know, and mouth pain and like nobody, nobody wants to, to have that experience and, you know, needing to wait two months or three months to get into their, their local hospital um, is just not really a viable alternative for them. And so having this as another option, I think um, in the right setting with the right child can be a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, a couple more logistical questions for anesthesia providers. I mean, you're doing these cases on, you know, perhaps a PRN basis, so you're coming in for the day. How How is documentation and medical records handled? There's a, uh, there's, for the, for now, uh, we use a, a paper medical record, so there's no EMR, though I would imagine at some point that probably will, um, will change, but, um, that's, uh, still in the future. Um, so the, uh, there's a, a paper medical record that's generated with, uh, with every case. Um, at the end of the day, that, uh, that record is, um, uh, is copied such that the dental practice gets one copy of it. Another copy goes back to the Smile MD office for uh, for storage, um, and that's uh, that's the paperwork. Yeah, that's great. So the office uh, will handle essentially all the billing involved. The Smile MD office, exactly right. So it's for the you know for the anesthesia team, you know they basically show up. I show up with my you know in with uh, my uh, my operating room hat and a stethoscope and my anesthesia mind fully engaged. Um, I don't have to deal with um, any of the other billing issues uh, that come up during the day, and it's a pretty straightforward process. 
Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, let's talk about when an emergency arises in one of these settings, what kind of backup or support do mobile anesthesia providers have? I mean, you've got your team right there, but is there, you know, have you had to escalate to other types of support in terms of 911 transferring patients to hospitals, telemedicine consultations? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, the, this is an incredibly important issue. Um, and, um, you know, every hospital, I'm sorry, every office based system, you need to be able to figure out exactly what they're going to do. Um, you know, first and foremost, your first priority is to, is to, um, doing what you need to do to stabilize, uh, the child. Um, every office that smile goes to has a, uh, a specific plan with the, um, with 911 covering that office, um, describing exactly what's going to happen. So it's not like if we need to call the paramedics, we call 911 and they say, you know, who are you? Um, you know, they, they know in advance that we're there, what we're doing, um, and where that child will be, uh, will be taken. And so the, you know, kind of the, the premeditative logistics of making sure that a plan is in place is a very, very important part of the, the safety system. Um, and so the, you know, if something like that were to happen um, after, um, or I would say, you know, while you're you're working to stabilize the situation, nine one one is um, is being uh, is being dispatched, um, and uh, arrangements are being made to uh, to take the child to uh, a place where they can get more definitive medical care. Yeah, yeah, and so those kinds of arrangements, you said, there's kind of a pre plan in place with EMS, those are worked out uh, ahead of time when SmileMD is setting up this service for those dental offices. That is exactly right. Yeah, um, so, you know, as I said, that, that phone call to 911 is not a, is not a surprise. They know sort of, you know, where we are, who we are. Um, and, um, you know, I think that that is a really important part of the, the safety mechanisms that are in place. Yeah, I would say that probably takes a, a fair degree of stress off of the anesthesia provider who's showing up for the day, knowing that there's a little bit of context that's gone into getting that contract set up. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, and I don't want to minimize sort of the, you know, kind of the, that, the feeling of, of, of knowing that you're, you're kind of on your own in these offices. It's a very, very different vibe from being in a hospital where, you know, not only am I surrounded by a bunch of super smart, super engaged people, but, you know, they're all of the other experts are out there as well. You know, the, the cardiologists to look at a dysrhythmia, mm -hmm. the, the pulmonologist who can, you know, help me out, you know, with, with something going on in this kid's bronchus, what have you, like everything is there. Um, in an office space, it's a, it's a different situation. Um, and, uh, you know, you just got to do everything that you can to, to be as well prepared, um, as possible. But really, you know, I think the, the key to that besides sort of having appropriate training and really good people around you is just super careful patient selection. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's great. Well, uh, Dr. Paul Samuels, thank you so much for coming on to talk about SmileND and mobile anesthesia kind of in, in general, in terms of the principles that go into it. I wonder if there's anything else that you'd want to say or talk about before we go. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say sort of first and foremost, I think that this model of care that SMILE uh, utilizes has really struck me as being 
a super safe model. Um, you know, as I said earlier, you know, I, I really believe that, you know, my, my whole professional life has been focused on patient safety and I, I wouldn't be comfortable sacrificing those standards, uh, in in any setting that I'm I'm working in, and it's really been um, uh, a, a pleasure for me to to feel like I have not needed to do that. And then I I would say the other thing is that I can't tell you just how wonderful it is to take care of healthy children. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's it's it, at the at the beginning of my career. Um, uh, you know, and I've been I've been an anesthesiologist for 20 plus years. At the beginning of my career, you know, I thought I saw some pretty sick kids. Um, at this point in my career, uh, I'm taking care of kids who would not have survived at the beginning of my career. Um, and the you know the acuity of illness that you see, um, you know, particularly in uh, in tertiary pediatric hospitals, is just astonishing. And um, it's just a joy to walk into a room and, you know, you say, do you see specialists for anything? And they say, no, and, um, they don't have any allergies and they've never been to the hospital and they're just a beautiful, perfectly healthy kid. And there's, it's just a joy. Yeah, it is. It is pretty remarkable to remember that those kids exist out there. <laughs> As you said earlier, you know, I mean, I think when you do work in a, in a place that takes care of sick children, you, you tend to believe that all children are sick and, and yet there are obviously probably the majority of children out there are not, but some of them still need some help in order to get through a dentist office. There, there's no doubt about that. And you're, you're right. You do forget that there are, you know, that there are, are healthy kids out there um, who need, you know, who need healthcare too. And um, it's, uh, uh, you know, when you spend your, your time taking care of, uh, you know, the kid with uh, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, congenital heart disease, and Moya Moya disease, all of this, you know, all in the same child. Um, you know, you kind of think, wow, um, like is every, is every child like that, right. you know, is every child out there, you know, a child who's got like this super, super complicated medical history. Um, and the answer is no, they're actually, you know, there, there are lots and lots of healthy kids and, um, to be able to participate in their healthcare, um, is uh, a wonderful thing. Yeah, that's excellent. So uh, I guess on that note, in a parting kind of comment, I mean, what, what would you say to pediatric anesthesiologists in particular who are out there that are maybe working in these larger tertiary centers in terms of how to fit in some healthy outpatient pediatric mobile dental anesthesia into their worlds? Mm. Well, it, it, when you're working, when you're working in you know one of these tertiary or quaternary places, um, it can be really, really difficult to do. I think that there are a lot of places out there that you know have recognized that there's uh, there's a place where they need to be able to care for their super super sick kids, and that's what I think these you know big white buildings uh, filled with sick kids are all about, right? I mean, they're they've got all of the the specialists there. Um, they've got um, you know all of the resources that they need to be able to take care of that, that complexity, but that there is a, an opportunity out there to, to take care of well children as well. And, you know, there are lots of institutions out there that, you know, have created the satellite facilities or, or surgery centers or things like that, um, you know, that will allow them 
to to kind of take those kids and pull them into an environment where maybe they don't need those super, super heavy resources. Um, and what they really want to do is just provide super efficient care so that they can take care of their kids and get them home. Um, and lots of places have, have moved in that direction. And then, you know, for, for other folks, they may find that, you know, there's, uh, you know, there are other opportunities out there that they'd like to explore through companies like Smile or something like that. And, um, you know, I would say that, you know, there probably are, um, uh, tremendous opportunities uh, in that space as well. Um, and it really is just sort of a question of, you know, what kind of work do you like to do? And um, going out and finding, you know, finding that patient population and that style of work that uh, that excites you and gives your professional life some meaning. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, again, Dr. Paul Samuels, thanks so much for coming on and talk about this. It's been a pleasure to chat with you today. John, thank you. I've enjoyed it. Hey, y'all, John here. If you're digging the show, will you take a couple of minutes and drop a review of Anesthesia Guidebook on Apple Podcast? Your comments and ratings help other people trust the show. Also, send a link to the podcast to your classmates and colleagues. Word of mouth is the best way for Guidebook to grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. 